listening, uh, where you all join us on your program, Wasail Al-Elam Sadika, Truthful News. And Alhamdulillah, this evening uh, we have a brilliant edition for you because it was uh, our very own uh, Molana Bilal Katrada, and he you know, sent me a few uh, uh, correspondence. And I read it and I said, How relevant, you know, we talk about our Alims. And now uh, this is something that I've uh, addressed quite often. And I said, Yes, so we have our Alims, and perhaps uh, at times uh, they're at the mercy of the trustees or the uh, masjid or the institution that they serve. Because uh, besides doing imamat and, you know, teaching the kids uh, madrasa courses and all that, uh, they don't have maybe a second opinion. And if they were empowered, then uh, they wouldn't allow this uh, dictation to take place. But uh, inshallah, we're going to have our Molana giving us uh, more on that. And uh, he's come out with a brilliant idea, which I don't want to pre empty this uh, evening. But uh, Molana, having you, uh, and it's such a beautiful evening indeed. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing? Wa alaikum salam. I am doing very well, Shafat. And how are you? Alhamdulillah, all the better to uh, hear your voice and, uh, you know, someone that, that's relevant. Alhamdulillah, has blessed you with uh, uh, the amana of being an alim and also someone uh, that has, uh, you know, has the mizan right, the balance, you know, of, uh, you know, the, in my preamble, I said that most of our, you know, scholars are sometimes uh, compromised. Uh, perhaps a quick thought from you there, Molana. Yeah, if you look at the, the scholars of the past, I mean, uh, when you look at the the Muslim the ulama the Muslim scholars they were not just uh, clued up with with Islamic studies they were clued up with a number of different sciences I mean if you look at Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi he was also a very very sharp businessman he was what you could call today a business executive he was a CEO of a of a of a huge uh, corporation if you look at uh, Muhammad ibn Musa al Kharizmi he was not just an alim, but he was a mathematician, a philosopher, a scientist. So they had, uh, they broadened their knowledge beyond just uh, the Islamic sciences. And that gave them a unique perspective on life. And it gave them the ability to, to look at religion and deen from a, from a more uh, grounded perspective, from a more, uh, you know, broad-minded perspective. And that was, that's what I find really great. Absolutely. And, you know, we look at history and we should be learning from our history and uh, perhaps implementing uh, uh, the positivities uh, that come with it, uh, because we know that in the, uh, this time it is if you are empowered, then you have a, you know, your say too. Otherwise, uh, you, uh, you're at the beck and call of others and you're listening to them. And then, alhamdulillah, you know, when you sent me uh, this uh, correspondence and you said uh, full time HIF's advice to concerned parents. And uh, I like what I'm, I'm going to read this in. You say, I frequently get asked of the following questions by concerned Muslim parents. Dear Molana Bilal, my son was doing full-time HIFS, has completed, and is not keen on going back to school. How will he make it without metric? Please advise a concerned parent. Now, I want to, you know, maybe I'll read this out, and uh, perhaps, uh, you know, you can give us uh, your thoughts on that, uh, Molana. Sure. Right, and uh, this concerned parent asking, you know, my kids, uh, all right, he's finished HIFS, uh, hasn't done metric. What do you do then, Molana? So in that case, I mean, see, uh, and this is where I was talking about having a more broader view of what's going on in the world. We are led to believe, uh, Shafat, and, and this is something very serious. We are led to believe by the system that the only way to survive on this planet 
is to go through 12 years of school and then go to college or university, get a degree, go get a job, right? If somebody decides, if a child says to his parents at grade four or grade five that I want to drop out of school and I'm not going to go to university, what's the first thought that comes in the parent's mind? Is that this this guy is not going to make it in life? He's going to suffer. He's going to have no rosy. You know, it's and and I don't blame parents for that because I used to think like that at one stage because we so brainwashed into thinking like that that we we become afraid, we become full of fear for our children that without schooling and without university they're going to be left out. But the reality of the situation is that there are there are billions of people that came before the whole schooling system. Allah Ta'ala provided. There are people today that never com- completed school or never went to university. Allah is providing and Allah will continue to provide. But then it comes back to our children's education. We all want our kids to be educated, no doubt. So now what I'm, what I'm doing here is uh, we, we are, we found an alternative, basically. We've established an alternative to the metric route. And that is going the vocational route now i mean if you if our children want to study and i strongly recommend they do study because we need to broaden our knowledge but the metric route is not the only one so um the 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 example i can give you is uh of a child that for example dropped out at grade eight or grade nine to go and do full-time hives which is such a such a miracle in itself alhamdulillah it never ceases to amaze me i was in a hives class the other day and you know that feeling day is just something out of this world but anyways now the biggest obstacle for these children is i'm going to drop out now and then i'm going to go back to school one of a few nasty things is going to happen a I'm going to be accepted back at the school, but I'm going to be the big dunce in the class, sitting with people that were two or three years behind me when I left. You know what I'm saying? Because you you left at mm. grade nine, you come back three years later, the, the kids that were in grade six are now in grade nine and ten, and you have to sit with them. It's kind of humiliating. Or you you forgot everything. I mean, in two or three years, it's easy to forget everything. And then you go back to school, you're sitting and you're struggling. Or the school, some schools don't accept you after two years or more. And they have their reasons. I'm not here to criticize them. They have their reasons. Now, if you look at all this, uh, what most kids end up doing, most youngsters, is that they just drop out. And they they, they kind of caught, caught in a state of limbo there. And you'll be surprised how many of them, you know, literally hundreds of them, are just sitting around doing nothing. Parents, that's where parents started contacting me because I started talking a lot about education on, on radio and things like that. What can we do? I said, but don't worry. Don't worry. There are alternatives. And we took on a number of those learners. We put them through our qualification, which is a vocational qualification. Now, what's the difference? Let me tell you the difference, right? When you look at grades 1 to 12 and then university, those are part of a stream called the academic stream of studying. Very theoretical. Then you've got an alternative, what used to be the, the technical schools back in the days, which are the vocational. Now, the vocational is more practical, more hands-on. Now, there was a time when the vocational was looked down on. You know, people said, hey, this is not making it in school. Let's put him in a trade school. That's how mm. parents think. Or let's put him in a darulum. Worse, you know, uh, as if darulums are meant for people who drop out of everything else. <laughs> so, but then now the vocational have come of age. 
I mean, we've 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 transformed the vocational industry to become a lot more glitzy, glamoury, a lot more relevant to a point where uh, when you look at big companies like Google, Microsoft, Amazon, if you did a vocational qualification versus a degree, there's more likely they'll take you on because you did the vocational. Why? Because you got skills. They want skills. They don't want people with degrees. I mean, imagine you, you call one plumber to fix one leaky pipe in your house and the guy shows you a degree in plumbing but he knows bugger all and you have to stand there and show him what to do. Mm. That's the problem in the workplace. And again, not to criticize universities, but universities, are, they, they, they know what they are doing. They're focusing on theoretical degrees. Take a, a student with a degree and put him into the workplace. I was there in that position. It's not pleasant. You, you don't know what's going on because you've never been taught what, what the people on the ground are doing. You've been taught a lot of theory. So where was I? Yeah. So now the vocational qualifications have become really, really effective these days. And more and more people are doing it. Alhamdulillah, last year alone, we graduated 400 people, Shafat. Such a small institute like mine. Alhamdulillah. 400, which tells you that there's a, there's a hunger for this thing. And we limit our numbers. See, we don't, we don't, take, we don't want 10,000 and 40,000 because we, 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 we didn't establish ourselves for that. But anyways. It's becoming more and more prevalent. And so I say to these parents, child dropped out of school, whether it's a boy, a girl, girl is doing, uh, you know, Alima, my niece is doing Alima, for example, she's finishing this year. Now my brother comes up to me and says, what next for her? She's still young. She's still 16. She can't stop studying. What's she going to do? Stand in the kitchen the whole day. You know, girls these days want to study. So I told him, right. Put her into my institute, completely safe. Study from home. Nothing out of our values is going to be taught. You can you can see what she's studying. You know what I'm saying? No, none of that, all the new trends coming from the West, all the, you know, alphabet soup, LGB, all that, none of that nonsense. Mm. It's a focus on technology. She will learn only what's relevant. She'll learn from the comfort of her home, submit her assessments on the comfort of her home. So alhamdulillah. She's doing that. So my three sons hey. did my qualification. My niece is doing my qualification. So all the parents that come to me, I say, wait, hey, don't stress. Do this one here. And not because I want business. There's a, there's a lot of colleges. I can put you onto any number of colleges that do the same thing. But consider that. Don't let the lighty, you know, loaf around, doing nothing, wasting time. Put him into this vocation. Never mind he did grade eight and nine. We will use a process called RPL, recognition of prior learning. And we put him into this qualification. This is an NQF 5, which is equivalent to first-year university. Right. What does he do after that? Easy. He finishes this course, he graduates. Now he can choose to go and work. Because this is a very workplace readiness course. It's a one-year intense workplace readiness. Or he can further his studies now. If he wants to do a diploma or a degree, we can help him to get into... Uh, like Regent or, you know, one of the other colleges and he can pursue a, a degree from there. So all is not lost. And doesn't mean he didn't finish metric that now he's, he's a second, second class citizen. None, none, of, none of that. So that's, that's, that's my, my, um, my advice to parents. Don't worry, let take your children out. If they want to do his, that's more important than metric because that's going to carry in dunya and akhirat. 
let them leave. Most a lot of parents, by the way, they, they don't let their children go into full time. It's precisely because of that reason. So I say, Bismillah, don't worry about that. Allah will provide, and there are options. Use that option, you you will be fine, inshallah. So that that's basically the, the summary of what I put into that article. No, absolutely, uh, Molana. And, uh, you know, the important point is uh, that uh, you've been through the system and Alhamdulillah, you know, with the Darul Ulum having a lot of confidence in you. I'm sure, you know, uh, by listening to Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jamaah, you know, as you know, we have, uh, mashallah, quite a sizable uh, listenership. Uh, besides, uh, I believe all the door piece, <laughs> everyone has their receivers. <laughs> and perhaps, uh, you know, the, the, the beauty of your cause is like an online thing and as you said for sisters uh, the parda system is there uh, the islamic ethos and uh, you know who better than yourself yeah, as an anim knowing uh, the you know what are the pitfalls of uh, education and especially if you go to a circular institute and as you gave me the alphabets be adding more and more everything they they're woking people in the wrong direction but uh, <laughs> you know you really need to uh, I, I mean come to the fore and as you said uh, you, you have the mainstream media, but by taking this course, uh, you know, you, you said it very eloquently, it is a vocational course or a vocational qualification, uh, one year very intensive, and uh, then uh, you, you got the contacts. I mean, you spoke about regions and uh, so forth. These are all Muslim-owned, uh, you know, no, uh, 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 institutes, uh, educational institutes and so forth. But uh, you are connected, uh, Bolana, and, you know, it's imperative that uh, we touch base with you over and over again. One more thing I'd like to add. Here you got the guy going and doing his law degree and, you know, he qualifies after so many years. And, you know, with the lawyers, he has to serve his articles and so forth. And sometimes they're not making it. But you get a person that this does a plumber's course, plumber, and he becomes a millionaire overnight. Uh, Bilal, your thoughts? Absolutely. Again, again, it, it tells you that there's two aspects here, right? One is we as Muslims fundamentally we believe that Allah provides and Allah will will always provide. We are here on this planet and it's his responsibility to provide. You know, a risk Allah. Risk comes from Allah. Uh, so that's the that's the one thing. The other thing is uh, it's true what you mentioned. Sometimes the most uneducated person becomes the most successful. I mean look at some of the biggest companies in the world. Look at Apple. Apple was started by Steve Jobs, poor chap didn't even finish uh, his degree. He didn't even finish university. He started, he dropped out, but he became the the you know the uh, what the founder of one of the biggest companies in the world. And there are lots of examples uh, we can find like that. So that's so the one thing is to have our faith, and the other is to have that go-getter attitude, that killer attitude. Now. What universities do is that you know they 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 put you all through all this theory, but they never show you what is what is needed in the workplace. I mean, you and I, we are hardened veterans in the world, right? But this mm. child coming out of university doesn't know that life is gonna kick you, life is gonna drop you, life is going to give you trials and tribulations. But this is this is how you you power through all that. This is how you become successful by overcoming all these challenges. If you're gonna first challenge come, you're gonna go and you know go and die in one corner and just give up. You'll never be a success. Now universities don't teach that. In fact, yesterday one of my students uh, he came to visit me. Can't get a job. What happened? Why? Why? He said, you know, I put out two applications and both were rejected. I said, what? Two. <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bilal. 
Go that ahead. I shouted at Lighty. I said, if you put 2,000 and you got rejected too, still don't give up. So he's, you know, he got some sense in his head. <laughs> but I think one of the things that I do in my, in my, with my students, I'm not, don't mean to advertise and all, Shafat, but it's my passion. I love what I do. One of the things I do is that I have a, I have regular talks for my students where I talk to them about life's challenges, challenges at work, challenges in business, challenges in our relationships with our spouses, our children, and how we can overcome all that. Children need those real-world skills because more and more we're finding lighties these days, they don't know how to handle uh, tough times. They just don't know. They just give up, uh, boys and girls. So there's a strong emphasis on that. Also, There should be a strong emphasis on that rather than history and geography and, you know, uh, theoretical subjects. Now, Bilal, you, you know, you're making a lot of sense uh, this evening. And, uh, you know, Allah bless you for that. Because whilst you talk, I mean, as you said, both you and I, we've been through the mill. And uh, we know exactly. I mean, I worked under the uh, tutelage of uh, Sheikh Ahmad Didat, Rahimullah, with Pai Padia, Rahimullah. So drive him around for haircuts. And, you know, being with all these top people in the dunya but you know even uh, you know as a broadcaster when you're in the broadcasting field uh, many will question why he's there why i am not there what is his qualifications so forth and you know we've been through it and we've taken all these uh, knocks that uh, came from left right and center you know uh, the greater the opposition they say the greater the flight but as you said this lighty only did uh, two applications i know in um, uh, for my son i had to uh, paul he applied and he applied I'm, he must have done two three 400 applications and eventually you know both you and i are lucky that our our light is achieved and uh, they've done what they did but uh, the, the the bottom line is perseverance and and then you know when you look at the cause uh, that you're talking about uh, the entry uh, requirement is uh, perhaps i mean you know your english i mean that's the most common uh, business language on earth i think is english and your fluency in computers and uh, you know learners uh, need a maximum of uh, two hours to study talk about the literacy and uh, how important it is uh, to be, uh, you know, IT savvy or computer savvy, uh, uh, Bilal. So, I mean, you mean you mean in the in the world of work, and the work, and also, you know, our you know, youngsters that are coming into this, and uh, some of them, uh, you know, need to have a good command of the language. Or some will tell you, you know, uh, uh, Molana Bilal, I, I I don't even know the basics of computers. And then, uh, what do you do then, uh, Bilal? So. You know, for me, okay, there's two very, very important things you raised. One is the language, right? English. Personally, I don't like English because it's not our language. It's not the language of our forefathers. It's a language of the oppressors. But that didn't stop me. doesn't stop me from studying the language and becoming really good at it and speaking it well, writing well. I mean, I used to write for Cape Argus also. Uh, I used to have a weekly column. Because, alhamdulillah, I, I, I honed my skills in, in, in writing. So there's no excuse. Doesn't mean we don't like the language that we must speak English like, like, like uneducated people. It's, mm. You write what you say. It is the language of the world today. It is the language of business, of ac academia. It's the language of the vast majority of, of uh, you know, the people in the West. So we have to learn it. But at the same time, Nothing stops us from learning our languages, Arabic, Urdu, for example. Urdu is such a lovely language. I love Urdu, you know. So I think, uh, I mean, I do a lot of, I listen to talks in Urdu. I read uh, books in Urdu because I love the language. But English, 
I do it because it's practically necessary in my life. That's one. The other thing is with computers, technology, you know, we tend to shy away from it. We tend to shy away thinking, no, this is this is not for us. And, you know, last week I spoke at a parenting conference and I said to them the same thing. We avoid technology because we are afraid of it or because we've been told that this is bad. Look, I'm not saying there's not all good there. There are a lot of bad things there. But now you tell me this, Shafat, a young mother, right? Let's take a, a scenario, you know, 29, 30-year-old mom. She's got, uh, she's got a, I don't know, a nine-year-old nine child. Now the child is going to school, madrasa, wherever, is going to nani's house and daddy's house and Kala's house and seeing that there's devices there. Now, obviously, being a child, he becomes curious about it and he'll want to use it. So now, if the mum is not clued up with technology, how will she guide him? How will she show him, son, see, this is a cell phone, this is the good and this is the bad. Use the good, avoid the bad. How will she be able to keep an eye on his performance on that device if, he's, uh, if she herself is clued up and he's doing his own thing? Worse still, uh, and, and, and I almost made this mistake with my boys growing up, ban them completely from devices. You know what's going to happen? They're going to find it somewhere else. Mm. So I used to see, hey, my light is, uh, they're good light is. But when, when they go to my brother's house, when they go to my mother's house, there's devices there. They were using the devices unsupervised by myself. So I decided, let me introduce it in my home and allow them to use it, but under close supervision. Would checks and balances in place and my wife and uh, my wife educated herself and she was more involved so we were involved in their lives with 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 technology that's why all three of them are in technology now in their careers alhamdulillah so so the mom is the most important person and she needs to be very good with technology for her children but also shafa think about it like this this might might be a bit controversial, but you know what? I think it needs to be said. Times are tough, right? The, the, you know, people are going out. Men are earning a salary coming back. Sometimes it's not enough. And the wife is sitting at home. A lot of women think, hey, I wish I could do something on the side to, to supplement the income, you know, pay for the bread and milk. Technology gives you that ability. I got students, full parda, very conservative, alhamdulillah, never leave their home. They're running businesses from home, fully Sharia compliant. They never meet clients, nothing. Everything is done on the internet. Now, see, that kind of knowledge, you tell me, is that knowledge useful or not? It's very, very useful. And, and it, 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 it lightens the burden on the, on the, on the husband. With our, with our kids, with our boys, you know, that go out to work, Nowadays, pretty much every every career you can think of is technology, technology, technology. You go into farming, there's technology. You and I, we are we are having this conversation. It's Skype, mm. it's technology. You go into law, agriculture, engineering, every medicine. Oh my God, what some of the most advanced technologies are happening in medicine? I mean, I was speaking to some seasoned doctors and they are telling me how they are using artificial intelligence every day it puts us to shame i'm a tech guy and put me to shame how these guys are using ai so it's everywhere so the two things the language 
and the technology. Our children need to learn these things. They need to become master. And I left the I left the people in the conference, and I'm going to uh, finish off this. I know I'm talking a bit much here. I left them with one thought. I said, this technology is such a thing. Either you become its master, or it will become your master. So how do you become its master? You learn all about it, and you learn how to use it for good. Otherwise, if you don't know that, you'll pick up a cell phone. First thing you'll do, open up YouTube, open up TikTok, open up Instagram, sit and waste time. That's what our children do, because they don't have an option. They don't know what, how to use it for good, so they start using it for all nonsense things. You know, like give a, give a nine-year-old kid one knife in his hand, and next thing he's poking his brother, he's irritating his mother, he's cutting the curtains, because he doesn't know what to do with it. But show him how to use it responsibly, and he will use it responsibly. You're getting the analogy. So that's, for me, I, why I feel it's so important for, for us to learn technology. It's, it's, it's for us, but mostly for our children. Well, uh, Bilal, I know many people will be asking for your contact details and all. Perhaps you can give that. And, uh, you know, really great evening with you. And as you can hear, uh, people still, you left that conference there. Uh, you have late conferences too. MashaAllah, Allah bless you for that. Uh, perhaps, uh, you know, your, some of your details and your parting words uh, this evening, uh, Bilal. So, um, my contact details first. They can, they can uh, contact me via email. It's Bilal, B-I-L-A-L, K-A-T. That's like Katrada, but just a K-A-T, at itvarsity.org, O-R-G. Bilalkat at itvarsity.org. Whatever your challenges, talk to me. I know a lot of parents are having difficulties with their, with their kids, especially boys. Trust me, I got 26 ex- years experience with dealing with boys. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I, I can claim to be a bit of an expert on that. Uh, my parting words is, is, is this. One, Allah provides, don't worry about uh, about Rosie. Two, there are alternatives for kids that want to leave and go to his class in Darul Loom and, you know, girls' madrasa. If they want to study further, there are alternatives, better alternatives. Talk to me about it. And three, don't be afraid of technology. Become its master. Learn it and become its master. It's like a, it's like a dog, right? If you... If you become the master of that dog, that dog will serve you well. But if you continue to be afraid, that dog will will keep biting you and it'll keep you know harming you. So learn technology, don't be afraid of it. And that knowledge will be our shield. It will be our protection, inshallah. Inshallah, uh, Mulana Bilal Katrada, Jazakallah Khair, and uh, you know, strength to you. And you will conscientize the Ummah from uh, time and time on uh, this uh, segment, Inshallah. Wasail Alam Sadika. You have a blessed evening ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.